0: What is up, Knicks fans? It is a hard Knicks life. We are available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. And every Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. That's right, guys, on the Nothing But (laughs) Net channel. (laughs) There you (laughs) go. You get to hear 30 minutes of this show,
1: but to hear the rest, you're going to have to search us out on iTunes or
0: any of the other podcast locations that Craig just mentioned. Right, I just fucking mentioned them, Barry. And this show might be 30 minutes anyway. You know what? Why are we talking about how long the show's going to be? Let's just get into it, bro. Let's just fucking do it. This is season two. Episode 32. This is Randy from Los Bergen.
1: I'm Mark. I've been a Knicks fan for 24 years. Hey, Craig and Barry. This is Russ from Detroit. This is is
0: I'm from D.C. Hey, guys. Steve this here. Is
1: Manny from Stanford.
0: We're calling all the way from Palm Springs, California.
1: It is a hard. It's a hard. It is a hard. Knicks. Knicks life. Knicks life. It's a hard Knicks life.
0: Barry D, what is going on? What's up, Axe? How are you tonight? I'm good, just sipping my coffee here. You a know. pink straw. What's going on? I had a fun time with you on Saturday night. Came over to your house. Chris and I came over watched the All-Star Skills. Yes, all the, the competitions. The underwhelming All-Star Saturday night. It's the only part of the All-Star weekend I like,
1: to be honest. Well, it's funny because you said that you didn't care about the skills competition when I said, like, it kind of kicks off at 8 o'clock. And I said, that's one of my favorite ones. And it proved to be really exciting. It was probably the most exciting out of all three events.
0: Oh, the first thing with the dribbling, passing, and shooting.
1: They call it the
0: skills? Yeah, the skills competition. I call the whole night the skills competition. Yeah, nobody else
1: does. (laughs) All right. (laughs) It's all-star
0: Saturday night, brother. What I didn't really like was how we were watching it on delay. Don't take offense to this. I won't. But. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. How you were. So Barry's sitting there on his couch. Meanwhile, dude, your kids, I when we were walking up to your house, I totally, <laughs> like me and Chris, I was like, holy shit, wait a second. I think Barry's whole family is going to be like up right now, which is going to be weird. Yeah, yeah. My kids normally go to
1: bed at like seven thirty, but like I <laughs> have this deal with my son when when there's anything NBA related, because I so want him to love it, and he does right. sometimes. But it seems like he was more into it last year for some reason. Even though you'd think he would be more into it now, he's n- another year older. But so I let him stay up late if he's going to watch, you know, the All Star game or the All Star competitions. But
0: but meanwhile, nobody stay. He didn't stay up to watch it. Everyone no. was just up running in and out of the room. Yeah, he couldn't. He couldn't care less. <laughs> But anyway, I was going to say you were sitting there on the couch since we were watching it on delay and you were fast forwarding through all the commercials. Right, so that's that's good. Yeah, but Which that just always, meant, so, I mean, <laughs> so get to what you didn't like. I didn't like that. Cuz basically that just what? meant we were just sitting there fast forwarding each thing. We could never talk about anything. Oh, that's true. And then it went by so quick. That's true.
1: Yeah, yeah. Part of the, the, the cool thing about coming over is hanging out. And, yeah, you could talk in between all the shit. And, yeah, I was, like, down to business. Like right. You were like, let's go to the –
0: thing." Barry's going to, like, the next thing. And it's already, like, halfway through before I even realize.
1: See, I thought you were going to say, like, you were you would glance at your phone every now and then. Like, you already knew who won the, the skills
0: competition. Well, that know. did keep happening. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I forgot. <laughs> Dude, by the way, Chris and I were pulling up to your house – Tell me if this is true i was I was telling him about how recently I started reading that the power of now book. I have that book, and he told me that you got him into that or or you were pushing him towards that book
1: I mean I definitely wasn't pushing him towards have you that have right. you read that thing? um like any book that I read, I probably got through like the first 20 or thirty
0: pages and then I got bored oh, of the reading and I put it down <laughs> i I don't finish any book. I was recommending it to him and he was like, oh, Barry's a big proponent of the power of now book. Because I'm first trying of to... All, dude, first I, of this was like 15 years ago that I got that book. <laughs>
1: oh but God. but literally, I, I don't read. I wish I did read. Um, number one, I'm a very slow reader. So it would take me forever to actually get through a book. And sad to say, yeah, I have some good books and that's one of them. I, I did enjoy what I did read of it. But like I said, I probably didn't get through 30 pages of that book. Not that I didn't like it. I just, you know...
0: <laughs> not that you didn't it. I'm not like a it, reader, but you couldn't get beyond third I'm listening to the book.
1: That's oh, easier. see that's 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 the that's the move. And I'm like nine, I should get I'm into like, that.
0: I'm like 9 chapters in. Wow. So is it good? Cuz I don't remember. Well, I mean it ruins the whole point of what I was going to talk about now that you only read like 30 pages. Maybe something'll come back to me when you say. It. Basically the whole I mean I don't know people don't care, but the whole book is about like living in the present, right? Not Letting right. like, all the thoughts in your mind overtake your personality and your being.
1: Right, right. Now that you mentioned it, yeah, I do remember certain things. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you think about too much of the past, it just yeah, it stresses you out. If you're thinking about the future, it's it's just stuff that's not important. You should be worried or concerned, not even worried. You should be concerned and focused on what is going on right now. You're absolutely right.
0: Right. Like no com no like worrying, no thinking about the past, no complaining about things. Because if you're living fully in the present, there should be no complaining. This is way too philosophical for this fucking show. Maybe the fans can use it. I, but dude, I got to a point where my mind was going nuts thinking about like the past, worrying about the future, and someone recommended this thing to me. And I'm trying to live by it, you know? That's good. But it's, dude, it's not, I mean, it's like impossible as a Knicks fan to be solely living in the present. And then to have do a do one to be a Knicks fan who does a podcast called It's a Hard Knicks Life. Oh, well, that's impossible. When this whole fucking book is telling me not to complain, not to worry about the past, not to worry about the future, only to what only to focus on how presently awful this team is right now and enjoy and basically not even not even think about how awful they are, just enjoy every moment of this present team. <laughs> And if you don't like it, change something about it. Or I mean, (laughs) dude, the whole book doesn't work with being a Knicks fan. No, that doesn't work. (laughs) So I thought maybe I could talk to you about it, but you've only read a few pages. (laughs) So there goes that. Guys, later on in the show, we've got Chris Eisman from TheRecord and com joining us. Um, This book, Barry, teaches me not to overanalyze anything. So uh, you ready to overanalyze some shit for this podcast right now? That's what we do. <laughs> That's what we do. That's what we do. Dude, I want to start off with a couple of tweets that Bill Simmons sent out this weekend. Did you see these tweets? Yes. So they were in response to Anthony Davis calling the Knicks a great franchise, which I mean, I think we can all laugh a little bit at that. <laughs> so Bill Simmons responds about the Knicks. They're wrapping up a two-decade free fall. Their owner is a league-wide joke. By the way, before I continue with this tweet, Bill Simmons clearly is just frustrated that Kyrie, there are rumors of Kyrie leaving Boston for the Knicks. He's frustrated that AD doesn't have Boston on his list. On the, on his list. But the Knicks are on his list. So he's just a little bitter. So he's, he's going off on the Knicks. They're wrapping up a two-decade free fall. Their owner is a league-wide joke. It's the NBA's most paranoid organization. They've hired horrendously and overpaid the wrong free agents over and over again. They've had 12 coaches in 17 years. They've won four finals games since 1973. And then he had another quote he added to it. Just say it's a huge city with great fans and a fantastic arena. That's literally all you can say about the Knicks. Don't tell me you're offended by those statements. I'm not offended by these statements because those are all true. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Those are all true. <laughs> so go ahead. Like, how, we all know we've had a disastrous last 20 years or so, right? Right. But so what, Barry? You know what? Non Knicks fans, Knicks haters, they want everyone to believe this false narrative that it is impossible to succeed. With an organization as pitiful as the Knicks, no,
1: I, I do like agree like with you there, it's, it's like bogus. we
0: are some like we are some doomed franchise that it is hopeless. But Barry, you know what today's NBA game has taught us? Do you know what? Just take a wild guess. That it's okay to shoot 100 threes in a game. <laughs> it's taught us that teams don't make the players; the players make the teams. Right. That's right. You're giving me an ovation. Get up yeah, on your well fucking said. feet, Barry. Well said. Dude, the Knicks, the hopeless Knicks, as they all want us to believe. All right, in today's NBA, where if LeBron James can win a championship in that shithole of a city, Cleveland, all right, with just Kyrie on the team, and that's about it. Dude, this city, this Knicks team, just because of how bad it's been the past 20 years, we are set up for someone, anyone, any star who has some fucking balls to come to New York and instantly turn this thing around and become living legends, Barry. Yeah.
1: Everybody stop saying how great it is playing in Madison Square Garden and step up to the plate and fucking sign on the
0: dotted line and play there half of this year. Dude, it wouldn't even be that hard. It's ju- That's just the perception that everyone wants you to believe. If two great players like Kyrie and KD came here, perennial contenders in the East, Barry. No doubt. Yeah, we had Melo here. And he was a star. We had to give up like half our team to get him. We had Amare. The two of them actually resulted in one really good season for us. But imagine if two legitimate championship winning superstars, guys who have already won, in their primes come to this city. You said it, perennial contenders. We're not saying they're
1: going to bring a ring. Championships are not guaranteed, but... Contend they will do.
0: Contend they will. Contend they will. This narrative that the Knicks are a disaster, that they are unworthy of anyone coming here. Why would anybody come here? Because this is just as good a place to come as anywhere else, Barry. If not better. Because as Bill Simmons said, it is a huge city. The hugest of the hugest, Barry. How how many times am I going to say Barry in this? How many times are you going to say hugest? Which I don't even know if that's a word. <laughs> it is the hugest city <laughs> with the hugest supply of great fans and a great arena. What more do you need as some of the great players in the NBA? What else do you need to go to? Do you need to go to a team that has had a successful past 20 years? Or do you want to go where you have the most potential for greatness? Name Absolutely. me one other city in this country where you would not be poised for <laughs> for bigger greatness than here in New York. Does that make any sense? No. For greater greatness. <laughs> Take two. What else do you need than, than a huge city with great fans and a great arena? That's all you need. Well, you want to get paid. You want a good coach. You want to have okay. management that's going to get your back. I'm not right, saying the Knicks don't have that. We're, we're set up. We're ready to go. All we need is two willing and able superstars. So I'm, I'm going to leave it at that, Barry. I just want this. I don't want anyone to buy into this shit that Bondi, that Bill Simmons, that Isola, that Berman wants you to believe. I agree with you.
1: And I think you said it best. Players make up the team. Players it, make the team. And it and it changes in an instant. It changes in one season. You're absolutely right.
0: There's nothing to fear here.
1: Look at look at. Think about the Golden State Warriors of the late '90s.
0: Yeah, Dude, or the Early if you, 2000s. If you if you asked people about the Golden State Warriors, what seven years ago? They would be like, "Who? That's a think team? about think about the New England Patriots
1: when we were growing up." I mean, them in oh, Indianapolis culture, the laughing stock of the NFL. Every year after year after year, you knew they were going to be on the bottom of the stockpile of the teams in the NFL. But, you know, you build from somewhere. And whether it's one player that sparks, um, you know, a domino effect, and whether that's going to be Zion Williamson next year, or whether it's going to be getting two max guys coming along and it's going to change the franchise for the better. That's all you need to happen. And it can carry you like a wave
0: for the next 20 years. Right. Is it going to happen this offseason? I don't know. I mean, I do know it is going to happen, but I don't know. But it is going to happen, Knicks fans. We just have to hang in there. I mean, at some point, it's going to happen. Barry, since the last time we spoke, got our first win in Atlanta That feels like it was like a month ago.
1: It does, right? Figures. The Knicks finally get a win. They end the losing streak. And now it's like all forgotten because we got (laughs) to spend this vacation with no games.
0: (laughs) Knox had that poster dunk on Simmons. Oh,
1: that did not get enough recognition. I feel like (laughs) it was crazy. It's monstrous. And Robinson has been lighting it up. Oh my God! The consistency of this guy, the the athleticism, the continued blocking shot after shot, whether it's in the paint, whether it's at the perimeter. The fact that he continues to 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 do what he does well, which is you know stay close to the basket and take those shots. You know if that's working for him, great. He's going to keep every, his confidence level up. Terrific.
0: Every game he's getting better and better. He's getting more comfortable. Like, you know, you, you could see it. You can see how much the offense too is helped by they they now with Robinson's rise here sort of at least have a like a lot of fans have been complaining about the lack of like a system, right? But we at least now have this system that sort of runs through this pick and roll with either DeAndre or Mitchell whenever they're in the game. That's sort of the first, the first movement you see when they come down the court in the half court. Right. I mean, one we of saw them that setting a, a pick and moving to the key. Well, when you're when you're this effective catching the alley oops and throwing them down, you draw the defenders away from their guys. Some of the defenders start to follow Robinson into the key. It opens up shooters. We don't have that many shooters as we've discussed, but you see the potential in how just having some guys that are capable of consistently giving you something gives you some sort of offensive flow right because we
1: saw that same number one play they would do that with Cantor last year all the time and the beginning of this year that same play would run through Cantor but for whatever reason from the top of the key to the basket he would get lost <laughs> it wasn't like having a Robinson that you can just toss it up to every now and then and right it's unbelievable the even the percentage of alley oops that he connects with is super impressive because they happen multiple times a game, and like in the last stretch of these great games he's been having, I think he only missed one of them. You know, and it was because it was a very difficult angle that he had to get to the ball at. So that's super impressive. He's not getting into foul trouble like he was earlier in the season. He's he's really stayed controlled, and he yet he still gets so many blocks per minutes.
0: Yeah, I mentioned to, I mentioned to you when we were at your house on Saturday night, like that one block against Atlanta against Trey Young just impressed me so much. Where Trey Young was coming down the court on the break, and he was trying to get around Robinson, but Robinson's spinning and, you know, <laughs> he's just staying with him easily, not yeah, chasing after. And you're, and after you're talking him. about one of the fastest point guards but, in
1: the league in, in the league with Trey Young,
0: and then just swatted away like it was nothing. Like the athletic ability on Robinson, not just to go up and dunk the ball, but just getting up and down the court.
1: You're right, because it's not just the height advantage; it is the speed that plays into it. It is the fact that he uses his left hand more than his right. It's all it's these this, things that it, it just makes him a quintessential
0: defensive monster in the paint. It's the speed. It's the strides. It's it's the fluidity with how he runs. It's just not. He's just not your typical big man. I mean, it's he's got great footwork, at least defensively. I mean, he, I, I th- I'm so excited about Mitchell Robinson on this team. He's the guy now that I get excited every time he comes in. Well, he's such a difference maker when he's on the
1: floor, and you know, it. it so many other guys, their game depends on how they're doing offensively because it gets in their heads, and, and they'll 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 bring it back with them. Whether it means that they're they're trotting slowly back to the uh, to the defensive side of the court because they just messed up on offense. With him, because of his consistency on offense, and maybe it's because he doesn't take those risks there that he's be able to be so level-headed, he's giving you consistency all around the court the whole time. Um, it's I'm very impressed with such a young player um, that he is, and and the fact that he's doing the things that we would hope that we would see him do maybe in year two, and it's already connecting. And he's you know he's connecting the dots so quickly. It's it's it's
0: fantastic. Yeah, and he's one of these players that, you know, the game is just coming to him. He's not going out of his way to ask for the ball or get the ball. or It's just naturally he's he's scoring 14 points, pulling down 10 boards and blocking four shots in 17 minutes, night after night. Like, what, what more could you want out of a second-round pick? Yeah. What did you think of the uh, – did you watch the Rising Stars game? Did you watch Knox and that? Because I must admit yeah, – yeah. I know you did, so I figure we'll talk about that through you because I hate the Rising Stars game. See, I like. I hate the, the All Star game.
1: I think I'm in the minority. I really <laughs> think I'm in the minority. I, I, I have to admit, I like the All Star game. I like these high scoring games. Everybody wants to see these competitive games with defense. I feel like I'm the only one that likes the entertainment value of what we see with these guys and. You know, if the game was a little bit closer at the very end, I think you would have seen more defense. You know, we, we kind of saw it last year's All-Star game and we saw it this year with uh Team LeBron coming back, but then they just went too far ahead that it was just out of reach. So we didn't see that tight, you know, tight knit defensive game. I think we would have seen it um in the last stretch of minutes if it was close. But I I love seeing these athletic guys doing these phenomenal plays. I don't have a problem with it. I know Team LeBron scored 96 points in the second half, which is absurd. But the fact that we can see, you know, that that bounce pass dunk from Curry over Durant up to Giannis that got so high up in the air and timed it perfectly and threw it down, which was probably the greatest dunk in any All-Star game in history. I love that. Even, even in like the last few seconds when Team Giannis was down by so much and there was no chance they had at all, Steph Curry... Had a single fast break. He threw an alley oop reverse dunk to himself. You know, I, I I love watching that stuff. I don't have a problem with it at all. And I, I feel like I'm the only one.
0: Yeah, you're the only one.
1: Right. Right. Well <laughs> No,
0: there I don't you think have. you're the only one, but I think you are fucking on your mind.
1: I love it. I love it. <laughs> I mean, all the fucking pregame nonsense it- is like really over the top, but but at the game itself, I like it. I mean and, and, right, who, and like I- for example, like Giannis uh, who, like, who in did... any game that he's in during the regular season, he's, like, all business and, like, you know, stone-faced, super intense. I mean, he was laughing the whole time. He was having fun the whole time. It's good to see these guys just, like, relax and have fun and put on a show.
0: How did what Knox did he... look in the Rising Stars game?
1: He looked okay. I mean, he was overshadowed um, by a lot of other guys um, there. But but he he held his own. He had a couple of drives through the lane. He was fine. He had a couple of threes that he hit in the game. You know, he did fine. He definitely wasn't a standout, but you didn't expect him to be anyway.
0: Dennis Smith Jr. lost to Diallo in that slam dunk contest. Ugh. I I remember at your house when (laughs) we were in the middle of watching the slam dunk contest and your son was like, Dad, who won the dunk contest? Do you remember this? No. (laughs) You don't remember... You were so annoyed about it. He's like, Dad, who won the slam dunk contest? And you're like, We're in the middle of it right now. We don't know yet. And he's like, Who won the slam dunk contest? Oh, right, right. We're in the middle of it right now. We don't know. He's like, Did Dennis Smith Jr. win the slam dunk contest? (laughs) I don't know. I do not know. (laughs) That was the only time I saw your son, but he was up until like 11 o'clock at night.
1: Right.
0: So, I mean, the dunk contest is always, it's, you know, ever since, like, Dwight Howard and Superman and Blake Griffin jumping over the car. you know, Everybody's great, jumping like, over
1: stuff all the time.
0: Nate Robinson jumping over people at five foot whatever he is. They're just not the same since those years. Like, everyone just did everything you could do, pretty much. So, I'm never impressed, but I know they're just having fun out there.
1: Well... I mean, the dunks themselves were fine. But I mean, if it takes you 96 tries to get a dunk in, it's like it like totally deflates it. Dude, I don't even understand the rules. There's like... Me neither. They, I thought it used to be like, you know, you get like three <laughs> tries and that's it. Like they didn't make it on the first two tries. They would try something easier just to get it. So they don't fuck themselves over. Like, you know but what it was didn't going seem on? It to
0: matter. When we were watching it, like we watched Dennis Smith Jr. And he was struggling that one round. It seemed like oh he, he... he One ma- round? He, he attempted like 9 9 of the same oh dunks. And God. then but he kept going and then who was it? Um one of the other guys attempted like 3 or 4 and then got disqualified. Well, my, yeah, Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges. And we were like, "What? It seemed like Dennis Mitchell just had a ton of attempts." Maybe but Miles guess, just gave up because he's like, "Look, I'm not
1: you know, I got I got 20,000 people in the stands here watching me miss dunk after dunk. I mean, something's got to
0: give." No, I think that I think what was going on was I didn't realize it, but your, your attempts don't count unless you actually like go to the rim with the ball, you know, like you could like sort of stop in the middle.
1: I didn't look enough into it as far as the <laughs> rules go. I just know
0: that rules have to be changed going forward, something's got to be done, dude. The only thing that interested me that whole all star weekend was all the interaction between our two future Knicks, Kyrie <laughs> and KD. Dude, the war that warm-up video where they're just like going at each other one-on-one, giggling with each yeah, other. Yeah. There was another one where they were sort of like tickling each other on the court. Did you see that? Am I the only one who saw that one? They were like just joke messing around on the court before something. Tickling each other? I'm pretty sure Kevin Durant like gave Kyrie Oh, like, I think I the, did see something like One of that. those purple nurples. <laughs> <laughs> and then Kyrie and then when KD was given that MVP trophy. You see that photo?
1: Well I saw the photo and I saw him like you know rub his head as he was walking up to accept it.
0: Yeah that was when they were amongst all the players but when when like Durant was giving the interview and holding the trophy there was only one player near him. Right. And all the other guys had already left. Right. And that was Kyrie Right. And then there's that video of them in the hallway of Kyrie holding, everyone's saying that he was talking about the two max slots, yeah. but I mean, I think that's, yeah, okay. I mean, he was holding up his two fingers for something, but I saw, I saw someone tweeted something that he was uh, joking around that Kyrie was like, no, I swear there's two flat earths or something like that. <laughs> 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 All right. That one I didn't see. <laughs> Dude, but I, I, I never had I, any idea. I'm not reading idea. into any
1: of that shit. I'm not reading any, any of that shit.
0: That's not... No, I have i didn't even know they were that close, Barry. Well, I
1: didn't either. I mean, that... Okay, if you're going to take anything away from it, I have no problem taking that away and say, okay, great. At least they have a relationship together, but... um. But that
0: is important because...
1: I'll they give are both you
0: that. they're both unrestricted free agents and can go wherever they want don't they want to be smile like they were smiling so much during those warm ups with each other right they had a lot of private fun.
1: moments the two of them which is good in a it season in
0: a season where durant when he's playing with golden state and you think he should be walking around happy like that all the time playing on a team like that but he isn't he's warring with the media over there he's warring with Draymond green He doesn't look like, I mean, he should be having that much fun. The moment where we see him having the fun that he should be having in Golden State is at All-Star Weekend with his apparently new best buddy, Kyrie. That's right. Another max free agent going into this summer. Common sense would tell you that if they're that happy together, that, that was like true love what I was seeing out there on the court. Alright, maybe why would the, why would, I'm buying it. Why would they want to deny themselves that pure joy, Barry, That's all here? Right. You're right. For real. I'm not I'm not joking around. You're, you're
1: swaying me. I wasn't reading that much into it before, but now I think you're right. If they're that fucking happy together. We could it could be like KD, we could have this every day. Right. It could be like this forever. It could be like this every year. I mean every every day of the year.
0: They were the happiest people on earth at that moment. I guarantee you that. Happiest people on flat earth. <laughs> on flat earth. That's right. <laughs> maybe Ky- maybe Kyrie was like, KD, man, we don't have to have this for just one minute, two minutes, two years, two, I don't know. I'm trying to make something <laughs> out of the two thing. <laughs> but, do- but seriously, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I know that we have no idea what they were talking about in the hallway. I had no idea they were this close and this friendly. But, I mean, I really do think there's something to... Now I really do feel like there's something to this KD plus Kyrie stuff. I mean, would they come to the Knicks together? I don't know. Could they find their way to Brooklyn? Maybe. I don't know. That would fucking suck.
1: But right. that's but at, but at least possible. we know that
0: they get along. That's That's the first step, right? But at least right? now we know wherever they go, they're going together. Well, I mean, I believe know, you don't. After, know that. come on. But but, is, but yeah, no, it's a plus for them. It's a is plus Kyrie them. smiling like that in Boston?
1: Ooh, no, 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 no. no, 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 no.
0: <laughs> See, I mean, those two. It was like that moment when they share together all of their worries and concerns just fell out the window. Right. Wouldn't you they be were...
1: <laughs> wouldn't you be a little bit more worried if like Kyrie was all giddy giddy with Anthony Davis and the two of them were all jovial and Jolly right? Because I personally I think Anthony Davis is gonna end up in green this summer. I think he's gonna end up in Boston. Is no, he's my, not. Yeah, he's yeah, is yeah, not And I think he
0: will. I think they've got the most to offer him. You think in spite of him saying that Boston is just gonna take their chances with re signing him? Yeah. Kind of like kind of I, like what I Toronto think that's where it's did with end up. Hawaii. Anybody's
1: gonna take their chances with re-signing him. What, because the Knicks end up on this supposed list? That's a given that, that he's gonna re-sign?
0: I mean, Anthony Davis, his dad, came out and said there was no shot ever that he would ever resign with Boston after the way they treated Isaiah Thomas. I don't think that matters. I mean
1: and, and maybe he goes to Boston. He gets traded to Boston. I'm not saying that he wants to go to Boston. I'm just saying that maybe they're not on a no trade that he has and that Boston, that that New Orleans is going to get the most that they can for him and he's going to end up in Boston. And maybe he won't resign. But do I think he's going to play out next year there? That's what I think is going to happen if I'm playing Sorceress or Fortune Teller over here. Well, you know what then? Then he's going to end
0: up in Boston alone. Yeah. Well, well. Because you're right. Kyrie was not... All, all fucking nipple pinching with Anthony Davis all weekend. Well, that's true. Doesn't mean they, they just, don't get along. No, I mean, they might get along, but they're not fucking madly in love. <laughs> Dude, and on top of that, I know I tweeted this out. Kevin Durant's birthday. Do you know what it is? Yeah, I saw the tweet nine listen um people asked me after i tweeted this like how long it took me to figure this out go ahead say it <laughs> well i'm just telling you that everyone was saying how long did this take you to figure out this is unbelievable and i said like five it took me five seconds to figure out i just said i'm gonna add up the digits in kevin durant's birthday 929, 1988 and see what that fucking number adds up to and take it from there Dude, it, added up, it adds up to 46. Which means nothing to me. But if that's how many years <laughs> it has been and ha- how many years it will be when free agency starts since the Knicks won their last championship. 46.
1: 19, I mean, 2019 minus 1973.
0: It's 46. Uh, that's right. Nine twenty nine nineteen eighty eight. Nine plus two plus nine plus one plus nine plus eight plus eight equals forty six.
1: And this is your and this is your proof. This is my that, proof
0: that, that this, that this shit, is your sign that KD is going to sign in New York. All roads are pointing to the Knicks. Kyrie and KD. Kyrie is number eleven. KD is number thirty five. Add those two together. What do oh, you get? Oh shit! Forty six, bro. I didn't want to say it, Barry, but on the day that they were warming up all smiley and in love, yes. okay, that night, it was Saturday night. Yeah. Okay? Go ahead. This is a little bit of a stretch, but I think Oh, oh this cool. is a
1: stretch. Okay, go <laughs> This ahead. is a
0: stretch. You got Kyrie, you got the one in his number, and you got the 35 in Kevin Durant's number. All right, one is part of eleven, so this is why it's a stretch. On that day, we were 135 days away from July 1st, which is the start of free agency. Boom!
1: You don't get to say boom. You don't get to say <laughs> boom after a stretch comment like that. You you missed your boom on the 35 plus 11. I would have taken a boom there because that one I hadn't I hadn't thought of yet. Even though 46 is such a stupid thing to cling on to, Axe. 46 years ago was the last championship. Now, if it was if something added up to 1973 or 73, that's more impressive. But the fact that you had to subtract to get that 46 magical number for yourself to create your little fantasy?
0: No, dude, because the year Durant joins the Knicks, they will have been 46 years without a championship, and that streak will be over once he joins the Knicks because they will win it all next season. Boom. Boom. All right, Barry. Chris Eisman coming on. One of my faves. One of my favorites. Very underrated Knicks beat writer. He's not like these other Knicks beat writers, by the way. Go ahead. Right? Preach. He's not just writing the most... You know, salacious, most salacious clickbait articles to get Knicks fans riled up. He's just reporting how it happens. He's like a real reporter. I mean, believe it or not, does his job. There's a real fucking reporter in New York City reporting on the Knicks. He's our ear and eyes into
1: the Knicks practices and their post games. And the pregame press conferences.
0: Right. He's never gonna spin anything to the negative or all the way to the positive. He's gonna tell you how it is. That's right. For, for
1: example, <laughs> you know, the the Knicks just signed this guy Henry Ellinson to a ten day contract. And what's the first thing Chris Eisman tweets out? The fact that this guy's averaged like three point eight points per game and like two rebounds, you know, in his like fifty some odd games with Detroit.
0: All right, guys, on the phone right now we have Chris Eisman. Thanks for coming on again, Chris.
1: Yeah,
2: of course. Thanks for having
0: me. Dude, how's your uh, all-star break going?
2: It's been going pretty well. Nice and relaxing. Nice to get away for a few days.
0: Did you go to Charlotte at all or no?
2: I did not, no. I took those days off instead, which I feel like was the right decision.
0: Wasn't the right decision for me because I had like a bunch of questions about the all-star weekend.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You can ask them anyway. I'll try to answer them as best (laughs) I can.
0: (laughs) Sure. Did you dare ask KD about his free agency plans?
2: (laughs) Uh, I did not. No, I did not. Mm. That I did not do. I left that to uh, Mark Berman.
0: Did he ask? No,
2: I'm sure he did. I'm sure they all did. I think KD was very much asked about it.
0: Did you see any of this stuff from uh, All Star Weekend with Kyrie and KD? You know the uh,
2: oh the little the little hallway chat.
0: The hallway chat. The the warming up together. The I saw Durant. I'm pretty sure he pinched Irving's nipple on the court. <coughs>
2: joking around a different a different video i did not see that i'll take Um, your word for it that it exists though
0: it exists okay dude i never realized are they that close i never realized they were that close i don't
2: know i did not either i i was a little surprised too a part of me thinks it was like they're just trolling everybody and set this up (laughs) (laughs) But, but i mean i did not know that they were that close but at the same time there's a lot of players that i didn't know had any sort of relationship and then there turns out they're good friends so it wouldn't have, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they're if they're pretty tight
0: right you know with all this like kd and Kyrie talk about maybe joining forces with the knicks the one thing in the back of my head was always like are they even close but that warm-up that they showed where they were just sort of going one-on-one with each other oh yeah yeah have you ever have you ever in your life smiled that much as those two were during that no moment?
2: no never if i did people would be concerned
0: <laughs> right have you heard anything about what they might have been talking about in that hallway?
2: I have not, no. I have not. I have heard a lot of speculation, but I, have, I mean, I don't think anybody other than KD and Kyrie know exactly what was happening in that hallway. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't, I have no clue what was, what was being said. And like I said, it's all a lot of speculation at this point.
1: Now, Chris, so now we're on the other side of the All-Star game, the unofficial second half of the season trade deadlines behind us, months before the lottery and free agency. Are you going to, or do you find it hard, you know, to get through these last couple of months of the season covering the Knicks every day? Um,
2: No, I mean, it's, you know, we dealt with it last year too. So it's not the first time that I've, I've been through something like this. And obviously all the other guys covering the team on a daily basis, they've been through, you know, a, a few of them, most of them were on the 17 win season a few years ago. Um so it's not it's not hard i mean it's it's you know you, it certainly can be a challenge every day to find some stories but i like hard i don't know i mean there are worse ways to to have to make a living so i'm I'm still pretty fortunate at the end of the day even if the team is not doing very well so
1: right i guess between games you get these mini stories of different guys you know that you could focus on you know if they pop out in a big game
2: yeah I mean look and there's always i think the trade actually helped because it was through like you know, now you can focus on Dennis Smith and DeAndre Jordan. So that adds kind of a new element to it. And then, you know, you have Frank coming back and he hasn't played in a while. Um, and then there's obviously, you know, Mitchell Robinson's been playing really well. So, you know, I've been writing a little bit about him in, in the last couple of weeks and that'll continue. So there's always different things that kind of pop up, um, you know, as the season goes on and as these final 24 games will go on that maybe you didn't expect. And then you look up and it's April, you know, whatever 10th or 12th and the season's over. So, at the end of the day, things still move pretty quickly.
0: Speaking of Frank, Chris is—is is he still on schedule to return this Friday?
2: Yeah, yeah, he's—he's he's expected to be back. Um, you know, I mean, last I heard, he was expected to be back right after the All Star break. The thing was, is that they didn't want to bring him back like right before the break and then have off. So they figured might as well just give him the extra time anyway. Um, so yeah, he's—he's he's still on track. Him and Moutier. Uh, are still on track to be back before the All-Star break. we'll, we'll the first time we'll hear from Fizdale since uh, the win in Atlanta will be tomorrow. So if there's any updates on that, you know, we'll have it. But the last we were told, um, everything was on track for, for Friday, or at least post-All-Star break.
0: If, if both Moutier and Frank come back, any guess as to who might be starting alongside uh, Dennis Smith?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's the really – that's the big question. And, and Fizdale said last time he was asked about it that he wasn't even really thinking about that at that point. Um, I'm not sure. You know, it's a really interesting point. I, I guess I could see um, – you know, I, the thing is, too, is like Dotson hasn't played poorly, you know, when he's, he's gotten chances to start recently. So do you want to take him out of the starting lineup? I'm sure that's that's a likely scenario, but it might not be an easy choice. Um, I, I, at this point, I could see Fiz going more with the Smith – a backcourt, but he's also hinted at in the past that he could absolutely envision going with Nillikina and Smith. So how he kind of divvies that up is going to be really interesting to see. And, you know, I'm not sure if exactly he knows at this point what he's going to do, but he could go in kind of any direction.
1: Now, uh, Chris, I got a question for you. The, the reports throughout the whole season, you know, were basically that there are generally good vibes around the locker room. Do you get the sense that all this losing has weakened the morale of the team? I mean, I, I know they ended pre-All-Star break on a one-game winning streak, but what, what's your sense of it all you know, going <laughs> forward?
2: Yeah, I don't think it's weakened it too much. I mean, look, at the end of the day, I, these are a bunch of young kids. It's not like they've they've won a tremendous amount in the NBA before and all of a sudden are going through this for the first time. I mean, you know, these guys, they come into the season, everybody knew what this was about. Um I don't think that they expect it to be this bad. I mean, and I don't think anybody expected them to be this bad. You know, 11 wins at the all-star break was pretty short of what a lot of people expected, including myself. Um, But I don't think it's weakened it. I mean, they kind of, you know, they, they're, like I said, they're young guys. They're just kind of trying to improve together. Um, And, and you'll, they'll see what happens at the end of this thing where they end up and then what it means for the future. But, I don't think that they're at a place in their careers where they're like getting, you know, affected by too much losing. Um, I mean, I, like I said, I, I think everybody knew what the situation was. So I don't think it's coming as a shock to them either.
0: So, Chris, with the arrival of Dennis Smith Jr., we all know that Moutier has sort of been Fisdale's pet project. Yeah. But Dennis Smith Jr. is a little more exciting of a pet project. I think we'd all agree. What's the What, what do you think they're going to do with Moutier down the stretch here? He's going to be a free agent after the season I'd say he's unlikely to re-sign with them, especially if they're going after two max free agents. Are they going to really devote that many minutes to to continuing the development of a player who's likely not going to be here? And if he plays, will help them currently, which probably isn't the best case scenario either way.
2: Yeah, I mean, if I were them, I would not give him um, a huge chunk of the minutes. I would spend a lot of that time trying to get something out of Nilokina. Um, you, like you said you have Dennis Smith now I mean are they going to play him yeah do I think He's going to get significant minutes To be honest I'm not really sure Um, I don't know what direction they're going to go in He's obviously not a part of their future Um, I, I don't Think that he'll get a ton of Minutes I think he'll play But how like I said earlier I mean how Fizdale manages this is going to be interesting Because he hasn't had to deal with this yet Um, Obviously the, the trade happened When they were both out with injuries so I, do I think that he's going to get a chunk of the, a, a huge share of the minutes? Frankly, no. But I could be wrong. I mean, I, I don't know, you know, what Fisdale is thinking at this point and what he, you know, wants to do with that backcourt. So um, it's going to be interesting to see. But like I said, if I were them, I would, I would not, I would spend most of my time trying to get something out of Nielakina, Smith. You know, you got Trier in there, you got Dotson. So you have guards here who are going to be part of your future. If you're really looking to see like what makes sense going forward, it would be to give those guys. a a significant run and and not so much moody.
0: A lot of young guys on this team. So obviously we know we all have to be really patient with them. Knox, he's 19. He's been struggling, but he was their lottery pick this past season. But do you think that with Mitchell Robinson's play of late, I guess I want to ask is who do you think the Knicks value right now? Is their like most promising young talent? Like their most untouchable young guy.
2: I don't think anyone's untouchable to be honest. Um, I mean, if you're talking like if they end up with the number one pick and then they have to put together a package for Anthony Davis, I think that either one of them could be in a trade like that. I don't think any of them are untouchable. I I think that it's hard, you know, when you look at Kevin Knox, obviously like everybody says, you know, he's a young guy, he's 19. When they drafted him, he was a project. I think everybody forgets, like when they took him, everybody knew that this was going to need – he was going to need some time. He was a project. Um, And that's exactly what has happened since he's been drafted. Mitchell Robinson has made some strides lately, but is he where they want him to be, you know, in, in kind of, is he complete as a player? No, he's still far off. And in the grand scheme, he's still pretty raw. So I don't think anyone is untouchable. Um, they're each going to go through their, their streaks, their good streaks, their bad streaks. Um, Knox has struggled recently. Mitchell Robinson has played really well. I'm not sure one or the other is valued more and I don't think that either one of them are untouchable. I don't know if that answers your question, but I, I just I, I don't know if we're at the point now where we can say like Mr. Robinson is far away the most value the more valuable rookie where Knox is. I, I don't know if we're at that point yet because they've each had their ups and downs. Knox obviously has recently, um, but I don't think that any one of them are are untouchable at this point.
0: You mentioned Zion. Do, do you really think that if they somehow got that top pick, they would trade Z- Zion for Anthony Davis? along with all these other guys?
2: Um, You know, it's, I mean, that's the package that it might take, depending on what New Orleans is looking for. Um, The problem is, is that if you trade all that, then you're left with the, you know, okay, so you have Anthony Davis, and you have enough room to sign on their star, but then who are you surrounding
0: them with? I mean, who cares what New Orleans wants? Wouldn't Zion be, I mean, I don't even want them to trade Zion if they could somehow get him but shouldn't that be enough on the surface I know Anthony Davis is a top five player but Zion could be there in a year or two as well
2: the thing is you don't know what I mean yeah, Zion could be a great player but there's always that uncertainty you know you don't exactly know what he's gonna be um it, like I said it, it could they trade them yeah sure absolutely but I mean do I think it's it's a there's also a chance that they want to hold on to him yeah I mean it could go either way and you know, the fact that you're, you have a draft pick, you know, there's a, like I said, there's always that uncertainty. You know who Anthony Davis is, you don't know exactly who Zion Williams is going to be. By all accounts, he's going to be a really good NBA player, potentially a great NBA player, but there's no guarantee of that happening.
1: Chris, I, I know that MSG has denied the reports, but have you heard any truth to the rumors put out there by Bill Simmons that Dolan is seeking a buyer for the team?
2: I think that if you read between the lines, I think there's certainly indications that he is not swatting away interest. Um, you know, if you look at like the the interview that he did with ESPN a couple of months ago, a lot of people and, and myself included kind of said that there's a reason why he wanted to make it clear that he wasn't, um, you know, totally uh, shutting down any chance of him selling the Knicks. Now, part of that is, a lot of people have said he's he's the CEO of a publicly traded company. He legally cannot say that he is under no circumstances going to sell the team. Um, do I think that they're actively for sale? Do I think that he's actively going out there and like trying to find buyers and trying to line things up? No. But if if a suitor comes along and is really interested and has a, a really competitive bid, do I think that he might listen? Sure. But I don't think that he's like, you know, actively going out there and trying to get things done um but i think that there's always you know if somebody comes to him and and, or multiple people are coming to him with competitive offers i think that he's at the point now where you might listen sure
0: all right chris well thanks for coming on
2: yeah thanks for having
0: me. enjoy these next few days i'll try before we get back to losing (laughs) (laughs) you never know
2: actually you do yeah it's (laughs) by
0: all right thanks chris thanks
2: chris thanks guys i appreciate it all
0: right dude chris eisman that was good Right? Yep. All right, we're about to close out this show, but I did, I mean, man, I, I, I almost hate giving out the number on Twitter for everyone to call because you risk nobody calling. Did we get any calls? So I tweeted out asking everyone to call our voicemail 516-33-MESH1 and tell us what you would give up to have Kevin Durant sign with the Knicks, right? Right, right. And I said, every single person who calls will get on the show. Right, you did You did set that qualifier. And I figured we would just close out the show with that, with everyone's calls. Right, it worked out well after the trade. We got a bunch of great calls. Well, we only got one call from one of our loyal listeners, who's a great dude. So I don't want to not put it in the show. I want it to be part of a bigger thing. But dude, one, one fucking call. One. I don't know, man. It's <laughs> easier to fucking type, I guess, than to dial and speak. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there were some people tweeted some things back. Right. You know, they don't understand that ruins the whole point. We want to hear the voice. Right. But we had uh, we had this one call.
2: Peace. Craig and Barry was good. It's your boy Crossfire Paper checking in from Miami. Yo, you know what I'd give up to get KD? I'd
0: give up Tim Hardaway Jr. I would give up a unicorn. I'd give up. Trade Burke, I'd give up in his cancer salary just to get KD. Wait, 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 wait. The guy Steve Mills already did that. KD's coming, fellas. It's hard next life. Peace. Boom. Boom. He says KD is already coming. A
1: confident cross fly paper. Is that, that's, <laughs> that's what it is. Cross fly, right? Not fly cross. Cross, cross fly. fly paper. Yeah. But yeah, he thinks the chips are already falling. He thinks it's happening.
0: Oof, I hope it is, man.
1: The hard work is I done. Ho- <laughs> now we wait. Ugh. Although you know, the power now says we shouldn't spend too much time waiting. No, Should we, we do don't want to
0: look too far into the future. Just the sure. present moment. Right. Henry, which is Henry Ellison, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> All right, guys, that's going to do it for the show today. Remember, you can reach out to us. It's a hardnickslife at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at hardnickslife, and you can follow Barry on Twitter at Barry Dworkin. And you can call us, you know. You can. You You really can. (laughs) You don't have to, obviously. 516-33-MESH-1. Here, let's try this, Barry. I'm going to give everyone something that they can call about for the next show. Maybe everyone needs a little direction. Oh, there you go. I even tweeted this out a little late notice tonight to see if we got any new calls. We didn't, so we'll use it for next week. Go ahead. I want you guys to call us at 516-33-MESH1 and give your pitch to Durant on why he should come to the Knicks this offseason. Give us your most passionate plea to KD and Kyrie, whoever you want to come to the Knicks this offseason. Why should they come? Tell them. Right. Sell them. Sell them on it, and we guarantee it will get in their hands. And you guys can maybe make a difference. Right, Barry? They can make a difference. Yeah. No, I love it. That's your homework assignment. And I guarantee you, I guarantee if you take the time to press those fucking 10 digits or whatever it is into your phone... Speak to us for however long it is. I guarantee you it gets in the next podcast. You think they'll call?
1: No. (laughs) Oh, man. Sorry. Sorry. I think that that could be a lot of fun. You do whatever you want with it. You want a a serious sell on it? You want to have fun with it? Whatever you want to do. Come on.
0: You want to fucking sing a song? Read a poem? (laughs) Do a rap? A nice little country song, maybe? Whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. All right. Just you, just dial the fucking number and say something. Yeah. You get it. All right, Barry. What's the upcoming schedule? Do you know it or are you, I, you dropping know, the ball I know. I got it.
1: We got Friday uh, night. We got we got a couple home games. We got Friday night at home against Minnesota. Uh-huh. All right. And we got Sunday night <laughs> at home against you San Antonio. I don't even care,
0: Barry. I don't even care. You shouldn't. You shouldn't <laughs> care. Dude, how many wins do you want down the stretch here? How many win- how many games are left? We're sitting at 11, right? I think there's like yeah. 25 games left, something like that. Okay. We're 11 and 47. We played 58 games.
1: 11, Kyrie Irving. Where's number oh. 11? Oh, my and God. And if you take 47 and you subtract 11, it's 36,
0: which is almost 35. And you know who we're 36? Rasheed Wallace. Ball don't lie, Barry. Ball don't lie. Boom. Boom. All right, enough. So there's, what, 24 games left? Uh, so, how many more wins do I see the Knicks getting? So how many wins do you want? Oh. Give me three. <laughs> I'll three take wins. Zero. I'll take, like, I'll one ta-
1: per month. Give me a February, one in March, and one in
0: April. Okay. I'll happily take zero. <laughs> All right, guys, next podcast will be early next week. Same as always, probably Tuesday or Wednesday. Until next time, it is a hard. Knicks. The fuck was that, Barry? You just punched your microphone. I did. I did. <laughs> life. It's a hard Nick's life. Right. Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to Believe.